Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. The reason I ask you to turn in your Bibles is to make sure that I'm, I'm saying the truth and so you could follow along. And some of you uh, lose consciousness during the service. And so uh, so when you wake up, you'll have your Bible open and you'll say, I know he's right here. I know it's in this Bible somewhere. <coughs> Excuse me. We are talking about marriage and the basics of it. And today we're talking about roles, roles in marriage. Um, before we get talking specifically about Ephesians 5, we are talking about the basics. I want to tell you, your marriage is critical. Your marriage is critical. You may not think so. so some people think, well, um, you know, I, I'm killing it in my career. Like, I'm really important at work. Uh, you know, I'm not killing it at home. I may be killing it at home. Like, <clears throat> like Roundup type killing it, okay? But um, as you think about your marriage, it's critical. I want to encourage you, it's critical. And you say, well, it doesn't seem that critical. Our, our marriage is common. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you, you may not think that, uh, that you and your spouse, it's all that important that you have a great relationship. But I, I want to tell you, it is. It is. Uh, it's the first relationship. It's the first relationship that God created. And uh, it was a big deal to him. And even today, as we look at Ephesians 5, you will see, you will see that your marriage, your marriage is meant to be a picture of things greater than your marriage. Think about that. That your marriage isn't just about you and her or you and him. It's about something much greater than yourselves, much greater. Uh, and so uh, as you think about this, I want to tell you that your marriage is critical, but it's not just critical today. It's critical for the generations that come. You, you know, I harp on this all the time, but I, I believe in it. I, 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 I'm, I'm ever aware in my own family uh, that my significance or my uh, role is not just about me. It's about the generations to come. And it's not just about even in my family. It's about uh, these little ones that are watching and they're learning about life marriage, and what happens next? By what? By watching us, by seeing it in action. And so, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we are this morning, we are talking about the importance of marriage. Unless I just want to say this, uh, as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, your marriage um, is part of the reputation of Christ. The reputation of Christ that um, people look at you and specifically your marriage and they're asking the question or they're seeing this is what it is. This is who Jesus is. This is what his people look like. This is what his followers. This is the way um, we are holding a sign that points to Jesus and it depends what they see visually whether what they think of what we're pointing towards, okay? And so it's a big deal. Um, the context of this passage that we're looking at this morning, before I even read, I want to point out some things. Uh, if you look uh, down in verse 15, it says, Look carefully then you, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. <coughs> 
Paul's talking about, he, he, is, he is pointing to wise living, good living on the basis of Christ. Because you've come to know Christ, this is what it is to walk wisely. Um, he immediately uh, talks about the Holy Spirit living, not to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit living is going to work itself out um, in in relationships, okay? Um, it is not just for um, us to highlight Christ in a moment, but it's going to work itself out in relationship. And then right before the passage that we are uh, looking at this morning, verse 21, it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so as you look at the church, which is what we are, uh, we submit to one another. We are under one another. We are deferring to one another. We are following one another. We are, are are humbling ourselves before one another. That's all of us. That's all of us here this morning. This is not about uh, my needs and my, what I want. It is about how what God is doing here. And so there's a mutual submission that happens in the church. Um, this is an incredible passage, as you see it in context. Um, he he goes on from this mutual submission, and he's he's going to talk about relationships. And today we're going to look at uh, the wife and husband relationship. Probably only get through the wife. We are only going to get through the wife. I, I looked at it, and uh, it was just too much. That doesn't mean that husbands, you don't need to be here. And it doesn't mean, wives, that you don't need to come back next week, okay? Um, just wanted to scold and warn some of you who are trying to work the system. Um I know some of you. Um, he talks about wives and husbands, and these are pairs, wives and husbands, <coughs> because they're relationships. Parents and kids are kids and parents, okay? And then lastly, slaves and master, or workers, workers and employers, okay? Um, and some have kind of termed this section the household code, the household code. And, and what that is, it's, uh, and I, when you think about Paul's writing especially and uh, the other epistles as well, you need to think that they came to know Christ and then they were trying to figure out, trying to walk with God to know how do we now live? What's life like? It's different. I know it's different. And some of you, that's the spot you're in this morning, that you're, you're first generation believers. Uh, you didn't have mom or dad necessarily walking with the Lord to show you the way, um, this is a great passage for you this morning. Uh, as you see what God has laid out in the really the the most important relationship on the face of this earth is that husband and wife relationship. Okay, and so that's what we're looking at this morning. Um, and Paul's desire, uh, as he thought of this church, uh, this church in the book of Ephesians, uh, he he desired to bring unity and health to the church. Uh, I want to say that as well. Um, your marriage, your marriage, either strengthens uh, or weakens this church. That that's that's how this works. It's not just your thing. It's not you coming here to get, but it either strengthens or weakens this church. And Paul understanding. <laughs> the the need for a church to be strong and healthy. Um, he wanted to talk about marriage 
uh, that husband and wife relationship. Which brings us to our passage this morning. If you'd stand in honor of God's word. And I ask you to stand in honor of God's word so we see it as something different. Uh, it's not just Kevin's word. Um, if, uh, if because of health reasons you can't stand, uh, no one's looking down on you. Um, or if you have to sit on a kid while, while reading it, that, that's fine too. Um, God's word says this. This is chapter five, starting at verse 22. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blameless. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, (coughs) just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you... Love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. God, we ask your blessing on your word. It's your word. It's your verdict. It's your uh, pronouncement to us. (coughs) It tells us how you made things. And God, I I, want to cry out to you for the marriages here at Beer Valley Church. God, I, I want to cry out to you and ask that you would do a work, that you would not allow us to be satisfied with our wrong answers and our wrong thoughts about marriage. Ask that you would cause a repentance to happen even today as we look to your word and we see what we are doing next to what you have said. God, I pray for tender hearts. Uh, God, sometimes it's difficult to hear that we're wrong. God, uh, may we get used to the fact that we are wrong and you are right and that we must submit to you. God, I ask um, for the generations to come, Lord, that you would protect them in a world that hates you, in a world with a lot of wrong answers that they're pushing in their faces. God, I ask that you would cause us to have strong families, that those kids would grow up knowing who they are in Jesus because of Jesus. God, do your work in us now as we look to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Thank you, sir. True servant there. Uh, We're going to have these in the pew racks during these months. Um, As we look to God's word, uh, a few things I want to say, um, even before we really get into the passage. I already talked a while, but 
Um, some of us, we look to uh, God's word, and especially as you are younger, and maybe as you're older as well, I, I don't know, uh, we, we're fearful to go to God's word because what if he wants us to change? What if he wants us to do something different than we want to do? What if? Um, what if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? Uh, how many of you like being right? Some of us like being right and the other person being wrong, right? We really like that, especially if it's our spouse. Um, talking about marriage today. Um, as we look, we are looking at uh, what God has to say about marriage. And I, I realize that this is, uh, you might even consider it one man's opinion about marriage. And you might put it in place of like, well, I have my ideas, God's got his ideas, there's books at Amazon that got their ideas, and we just kind of put pick and choose and read a lot about things and try to uh, put together the right answers about marriage. I just want to tell you, God's got the right answer. We are looking at how to do marriage God's way. And it's best. It's best. There's no, there's no close second either. This is the best way to do marriage. And the reason it's the best is because this is what we were created for. This is how man and woman was created. They were created in this way by a loving God who wanted what was best for you, but for the generations to come for this world, okay? And so to, to remember that, that, that even if I have a different idea, that what is found in God's word is best. And who is it best for? It's best for you. It's best for you. You say, well, I don't like it. I want to tell you, give up your ideas and choose that which is best for you. This is what we were created for. And I want to tell you, if you are created a certain way, you will be frustrated. You will be frustrated if you try to do another way. Um, I didn't know I mentioned this in the last few weeks, but um, so often, you know, we have, um, I see frustration in, in your lives and in mine. And the, the answer to it is, have you tried God's way? You know, you seem pretty frustrated. It's probably because you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Have you tried God's way? Uh, because as we submit to Him, we are walking in the way our, we are created. Last week, we um, we looked at Genesis chapter 2. And Genesis chapter 2 talks about the creation of woman. And for us to really remember that this is what we were created for, and that creation in Genesis chapter 2 was partnership, right? Just review partnership. That's what marriage is supposed to be. Today, we're looking at roles. We're looking at roles. The roles in the partnership. Um, this this particular uh, topic we're talking about this morning 
is the role of the man and the role of the woman or the role of the husband and then the role of the wife. Um, there's a huge theological debate of uh, egalitarian or complementary, com- I can't even say it, complementarian. It just means, uh, do you look through the lens, of, at, at the lens of scripture as everything's equal, everyone's the same, man and woman are the same? Or do you look at the scripture that man and woman are supposed to complement one another and are made different to complement one another? That's what I am. That's what we are as a church. That we believe that man and woman was created differently. You know why? Because the Bible says so. It's not because we figured it out. It didn't necessarily fit in our worldview. But it's the idea that the Bible says so and that men and man and wife are come together as a complement to one another. Um, men and women are meant to uh, work in harmony to fulfill these different roles. I, I realize um, that um, in our world today, uh, it's, it's hip, it's hip uh, to be man-haters. It's a good idea. It's like a, a battle cry. You can go to women's marches. We're going to have man's marches, right? We're going to have pastors. Mar- like what? Everyone, and, and we're marching against the other. The other. Uh, we shouldn't march against each other. We should cheer for one another. We're meant to compliment one another. Uh, the idea of uh, a man living his life, I think the word is misogynist. Um, my back is kind of sore. No, um, uh, I never heard of that word a couple years ago. I never heard of the word. But um, anyways, the idea of a man hating or just using women, that's not in the Bible. That's not by design. Okay? So get this in your mind that this idea that man just selfishly does whatever he wants and women hate men, that's not from God. And so you don't want to grab that. You don't want to grab that. And and even if you've been treated wrong, the idea of holding on to that and saying this is the way it should be, no, don't. If you, it, by the way, if you hear your son or daughter say anything like that, s- stop the presses, the trains, a broom handle and the wheel of progress over the handlebars, stop the conversation and say, that's not what God has for you. It's important that we remember that God has called us um, to complement one another, to live in harmony, to fulfill our different roles. I also want to say this. Uh, you can't find your happiness. You can't find your happiness. Some of you are desperately searching. You say, oh, I just want to be happy. You can't find your happiness. You don't even know what will bring it, Right? Uh, some of you say, well, yeah, money will bring me happiness. Tell it to the Bezios, right? I don't know if you catch that. I, I, I'm not cheering for that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making a joke out of their marriage. They decided that after 25 years, some of you don't know who that is. Uh, it's the, the guy, the Amazon guy, richest guy in the world. Him and his wife after 25 years have decided to get a divorce. Um, <laughs> money can't buy you happiness. You know why? Because if it could, they would have had it. Um, so it's not going to be money. Some of you say, well, 
It's somebody being nicer to me or, or something. I want to tell you that it's not just you getting what you want. We don't even know what our, our own happiness is. Our happiness is connected and is a byproduct of our obedience and following the Lord. It's, it's a byproduct. As we follow God, as we don't do our own ideas, but do His, it's a byproduct. Uh, it's joy and happiness comes from Him. And uh, as we look at this this morning, I, I want to tell you that submission, we already talked about that, and next week we're going to talk about the love of the husband. Everyone's called to submit. Everyone's called to love. Everyone's called to be kind. Everyone's called to lead. Okay, everyone. In different situations, everyone is called to do that. But in this specific thing, there's two things. There's two things that are called upon. One for the woman and one for the man. And so we will highlight those things that the Lord has highlighted for us. And lastly, I just want to say this. This this passage, both the, the wife's portion and the husband's portion, if you look at them and you see it, it's it's pretty obvious, especially in the man's portion. Your marriage is bigger than yourselves. It's not about a husband and wife. It's about Christ and his church. And we uh, need to see our marriage as bigger than ourselves, our own happiness, our own life, the own, that we would see that God wants to use us uh, in the display and the calling of many to himself in relationship with the church. Well, ladies first. As we look at verse 22, it tells the wife, and, and I would say it this way, the wife has a distinct role. The wife has a distinct role. It's not the husband's role. It's not um, the kid's role. It's not even the similar one to uh, uh, slave and master. There's There's some carryover, but it's different than that. The wife has a specific role. But I would even say it one step further. I don't like to preach negatively, but I think it's implied here. The wife has a specific temptation as well. And the same is true for the husband that we're going to talk about next week. He has a specific temptation. Uh, there's a common theme in the sins of man and the sins of woman, and this addresses that, okay? And so we look at this distinct role of a wife, and uh, he gives it to us starting in verse 22. <clears throat> he, uh, he says this, Paul says this, he says, Wives, submit to your own husbands. Submit to your own husbands. You look at that and you go, uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> sounds awful. You can't preach that. Don't you know what year it is? Sometimes I'm not sure what year it is. That's okay. Um, but I want to tell you, this is what God says. He says, submit to your own husbands. There's a, uh, clarity in the first even announcement of this, that this is to your own husbands, that women are not subservient to men. There's not this sense of, uh, as a woman, we are a sec, you're a second class citizen. That's not it at all. It's this specific special relationship that a wife and a husband have. And he calls women 
uh, to submit to their own husbands. Why? Why? And some of, maybe some of you are thinking that right now. Why? Why am I supposed to submit to him? It should be the other way around. You know how dumb he is? You know, you know how careless he is? You know, in your mind, you're thinking, remember that one time and remember that other time? By the way, um, as you think about uh, if you're single here today or uh, you have younger, uh, uh, you have children that are growing up. uh, My wife, uh, this is important. As my wife and I were talking about this, she said, you know, and that's kind of a telling thing of whether you're ready to get married and who you decide to marry. Uh, women, if you don't want to submit and you won't submit and you feel uncomfortable trusting and submitting to this man, you're not ready to get married to him. You're not. Uh, if you're already married, it's God's call on your life. It's an obedient thing. Um, you know, very important for us to think that through. This is what marriage is. Um, and these steps, whether you're older or younger, it's important to realize that this is what God says. In this passage, it tells us why. It tells us why. Uh, first of all, I want to point out that it, in verse 18, it says, um, it says, uh, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, as to the Lord, or this idea of in your relationship to the Lord, that as you submit to, to Christ, it is not unlike that relationship you're following the Lord in your relationship as you submit to your husband. It's part of your relationship, which as we get to this, I want to tell you, don't try to do marriage without Christ. Don't try to do it. It's a bad deal. It's not going to work out very well for you or for them. It doesn't make sense apart from Jesus. This idea that you can... uh you know, it doesn't matter, matter if they're a believer or an unbeliever. That's a terrible idea. Uh, th- this idea is that we would, as part of our relationship with the Lord, a wife would submit to her husband as to the Lord, but in that relationship with the Lord. That it would be a part of this obedience. And I want to tell you, if uh, your husband doesn't know the Lord, that's going to be very hard to do. There's commands for that that lady as well. Um, if this is hard, it is quadruply. I just made that up. Um, there's no, there's no study you can do, but it's, it's much harder to do this outside of the Lord. As to the Lord. And then he says, he gives reasons and really a picture of why he says, this is the way I've set this up. Verse 23, for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. And you look at this and you say, the reason for this is that Christ is head of the church. Why is the the husband head of the wife? Not because he's smarter, stronger, whatever, but because he is connected. He is connected by design to Christ being the head of the church. Uh, it's important to, to say this. Um, your husband, ladies, is not Christ. He is not like Christ. Hopefully he's like Christ, but he's not going to be perfectly like Christ. He's going to be a failure in many areas. Please don't say amen. Um, 
Lady's back there saying, that's good preaching right there. You know. Um, it, he is put, setting up a picture of Christ and the church, and then he is taking this uh, infinitely worse, flawed uh, relationship, and he's connecting it to it, and he says, the husband is connected in an idea and role is with Christ. And so his role is head, not because he's smarter, but because uh, that's the picture he is putting forward, that Christ is the head of the church. And because uh, he's head of the church, you, you, you look uh, you look down to verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, the church submits to Christ. That's what we do. In fact, a, a church that doesn't submit to Christ is a bad church. Is a bad church. You shouldn't go there. If they're not asking, what does Christ want for his church? You don't want to go there. If that's not the discussion at the elder board, uh, as things come up, they say, well, what would Christ have for his church? Even if we get it wrong, the mere fact that we're asking the question, this idea that we're, we're seeking for him to know, we're seeking to follow after him. That's good. That's a good church, but it's also good for the church. Okay, think about that. Uh, what what would be good for this church? I think it would be good for us to vote and say what we really think. And if we get enough people, we'll get our way. Would that be good for the church? be terrible. be terrible. We'd make all kinds of dumb decisions. Collectively dumb decisions. Right? Uh, we would uh, be selfishly drawn. It's not good for the church. What's best for the church is that they would submit to Christ. And he connects that with <coughs> the husband-wife relationship and says, what's best for the wife? What's best for her is that she would uh, submit to her husband. I want to say this. You know what a husband is? He's a middle manager. He's a middle manager. You know what's funny about middle managers is they're really not in charge of anything, right? Do you get that? I remember talking to a local principal here, uh, and um, he he was he was getting yelled at uh, by the board, by the community, by the press, and they were they were contract negotiations, and everyone was after him, and. Uh, the teachers were complaining about him. They, they were, and he, I, I just see him just, you know, walking around, sucking it in because he's being pushed by both sides. I want to tell you that a husband is just a middle manager. A husband has to answer to God for his uh, care and, and treatment of his wife. And so don't be afraid to submit to him. He answers to someone far greater, uh, far greater pressure than you could ever apply. Submit to your own husband. What is submission? What is submission? This is important to see. Um, we could go on a long time about what submission is not. Um, I, I won't go down that road if you have questions. I want to talk to you, by the way. If you um, you hate this message, um, don't put it on Yelp or somewhere on the uh, internet. Um, 
come talk to me. Not that I worry about my reputation, but if we can clarify some things and we can talk about these things, we could talk about the scriptures. I'd love to do that. And uh, I'm, I hopefully I'm non-threatening. I know I'm kind of tall and I got big eyebrows and all that stuff, but like I'll sit down and like, we'll, we'll talk. We'll just talk. Cause I want to help you. I want to help you. Um, it's important for us all to get this now. What is submission? Well, submission is the wife honoring and acknowledging her husband's God-given role as leader in marriage by following him. But you hear some of those words, uh, honoring, acknowledging the role, the role as leader in the marriage and following, following. This, this is what that is. Um, this does not mean that a wife follows her husband into sin. Does not follow a husband into sin. That's the only stopping point. Okay, don't you know? Don't don't hold that as the trump card where you're always holding back, saying, "Well, I think that's sin," or "I think there's a bad motive in there." And so I'm always saying no. I'm always saying no. But this idea that says, "I will follow you. I will acknowledge your role as leader of our home." Um, that's what it is to submit. It does not mean. Uh, uh, that uh, a wife gives in to abuse, abuse. Uh, this is not uh, God's design for marriage that a wife would be abused or devalued as a woman. It's not that a woman doesn't have a brain or is even smarter than her husband. We have plenty of examples here. Well, let's le- let, let that one sit with you right there. <laughs> Some of you are going, who's he talking about? I- I think he's talking about me because I know my husband. Um, it, it's not that she doesn't have a brain. Uh, wives are brilliant. They have great ideas, different ideas. It's part of that compliment that God desires. It's not that she doesn't have an opinion. It's not that this this great brain sits back and watches a situation transpire and she goes, well, I'm supposed to submit, so I'm not going to share my opinion about the stupid idea that my husband has. I'll just sit here and submit and, you know, pull up a chair, get something to drink and watch this thing explode. Uh, um, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. Uh, there is a submissive way to share when you think it's a bad idea. Work on it, ladies. Work on it. Um, it's not saying that's a dumb idea or we are not doing that. That's not. But it's this idea that says, I don't know. I have some concerns about this. I'm thinking this way. I'm concerned about this and how this is going to work out for our family. Um, I'm going to say this, and I mentioned this earlier. It's not even being that, that a woman is not a leader not a leader. Um, There's a great role of leader in the home that the wife has. She is to lead in a way that is feminine, but a way that God designed her to. She leads by uh, working hard and trusting in Christ. She leads by uh, encouraging and, and 
encouraging, uh, especially the children to walk with the Lord. She leads by her service. She leads this example. It's not that you're not supposed to lead. It's that you're not supposed to be over, be over and say, I will not follow my husband. You guys, all, you guys doing okay? Take a breath, everybody. Um, as you think about how this plays out practically, I, I just want to say a few things about that. She does not take over or take charge of her husband. I'll say that clearly. And why? Why does she not take charge or take over on her husband? Because the church does not take over Christ. The church does not uh, go over and beyond what Christ has done. She does not tell her husband what he's going to do. Why? Because the church doesn't tell Christ what he's going to do. Right? She does not seek her own way. She doesn't seek her own way. Why? Same reason, right? Uh, Next we'll, next week we'll look at things, right? We'll continue on this, but, um, specifically in the next weeks, we're going to really dabble in this idea of what happens if you don't get your way. What happens if you don't get your way? Some of you are saying that's a trick question. Yeah. We're going to look at it. What happens if you don't get your way? I asked, uh, one of my, one of my kids this and, uh, they look at me and they, what happens if you don't get your way? And you could tell he was just going, Oh, I know, I know the answer. I know the right answer, but what's the right answer? You know, what happens if you don't get your way? I want to encourage you, ladies. Um, this is not about you getting your own way. It's about Christ getting his way. Christ getting his way. And, and the, in the church, don't we want Christ to get his way among us? This is church. And so in following in that pattern, it's not about you getting your own way. And lastly, I just say this. Uh, she does not manipulate to get her way. Why? Because we don't work Christ, right? We don't work Christ. In fact, quite the opposite. How do we go to Christ with our concerns? We just lay them out there. Have you ever tried to trick Christ? Yeah, God. Uh, you know, you try reverse psychology. God, I don't want riches. You know, God, uh, you know, I'll serve you anywhere. Yeah, but I kind of like to go over here. Um, you know, we, we don't manipulate Christ. We don't, we lay out our cares and concerns before him. A few things this morning, uh, that I want to tie up our time with three things. Um, and hopefully this will bridge the gap for next week and you'll come back if you don't. I'm taking attendance and I will find you. Um, I always, when I want to say something like that, I always look down here and so you, I don't make any eye contact because some of you go, he was talking to me. I know he was. Um, first one is this. Um, I read the passage and some of you know the passage well. Um, the next passage and husbands, by the way, just look at it in, in your Bibles. Uh, it says this much to women, wives. Says this much to men. Okay, think about that. Um, what we're going to be talking about next week is servant leadership of a husband. 
And ladies, that's far more difficult than you submitting to your husband. I want you to see that. Come back next week because you'll go, whoa, uh, my husband's in a tough spot. Um, <coughs> servant leadership of a man. Uh, that servant leadership, um, I think, ladies, as you look at it, as you see it in Scripture and as your husband does it, it's easy to follow. It's easy. Uh, last week I ended with saying, let's make it easy on each other. As you fulfill your role as a wife and he fulfills his role as a husband, irrespective of the other one doing it, it's going to be an easy marriage. It's going to be easy marriage. If one of you decides not to do it, it's going to be a tough marriage. But that doesn't let the other off the hook. Okay? Think that through. Uh, servant leadership of a man is far more difficult than that of a woman's role. Secondly, um, I think you're going to see, we saw it today. Um, for a wife, it's giving up, right? Or laying it down. Uh, it's laying down my own ideas. It's laying down my own desires. It's, it's not being able to run my own railroad and decide where I go and get what I want. It's laying down. It's laying down. You know what you're going to see next week? It's laying down. It's laying down. But for a husband, it's laying down his own life. Laying down his own life. And so for a marriage to work as God intended, the beauty of what God intended, it's laying down. It's laying down. Uh, it's giving up. It's giving up. I, I want to tell you there's some... There's some things about what it is to be a woman. You can find maybe some things in Genesis where even as part of the fall, where a woman wants to get her own way. Don't, don't get your own way. Don't make that your desire. Think about what it is to lay down my own desire. And your husband, I'm going to tell him next week to lay down his own life for you. And then lastly, uh, your marriage is sharing Christ. Your marriage is sharing Christ. And you say, well, where do you get that? I want to tell you, it's in this passage where he connects the headship of Christ to his church. And next week, we're going to see it again, the connection of a man's role of Christ laying down his life and what he did for the church, the Christ to the church. And this is meant to be a picture this is meant to be a picture to an onlooking world that your marriage is, is what should be winsome, winsome to an unbelieving world. It's a picture for them to see the sweetness of Christ and his church. And there, it, it should be drawing them in to want to be a part of what Christ has done. I hope that this, this morning, if, uh, if I have said anything wrong or if I have confused you or got you fired up, um, in a bad way, uh, that you'd overlook those things and that you just go read over the scriptures. Just read over them. That passage in Ephesians 5, just read it over. By the way, um, there's similar ones in Colossians and, uh, 1 Peter as well. Husband, wife relationship. And just for you to see this, because this is not from Kevin. This is not from Kevin. This is from the Lord. Okay. Let's pray and ask that God would continue to, um, shape our hearts around this. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for not leaving us on our own to figure out marriage. Um, a man and wife relationship is very complicated because of sin and um, 
we know that in the garden they were fine and then they sinned and then they were uh they were no longer naked and unashamed they knew of their nakedness and they were ashamed and they were guilty and so uh forever uh relationships are struggle god help us to rejoice at the marriages that are here today and even in our uh failings lord that we would be grateful uh for what you've done uh god do your work in us as a church protect and strengthen the marriages represented here today, as well as the next generation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.